There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family. I'm Cassie Schrader sitting in for Tom Bernard and to the right of me. Oh, like people need to know where I'm sitting in relation to you? That's yep. yeah. Doug Sprinthal. That's where Bernard Brass is in. Catherine Brandt with Jude the Cavi on my left. Judy, Judy. Judy's happy to have a field trip. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Okay. So, so Doug. We, yeah, Doug. So what's the new walls, are you Yes. <laughs> Actually, we have some exciting stuff to talk about. I was teasing Tom this morning. We have two dealerships in the Twin Cities that specialize in older, high-mile, uh, less expensive cars. They're both called the same thing, Walzer Experienced Auto. One of them uh, moved into their new home in the old Subaru store on Cliff and 35W. We outgrew that and had to build another store. The other one's up in Brooklyn Park between... Um, Mills Fleet Farm and Walmart up there in 81. So they specialize in older high-mile cars. And this month we've added something new to those vehicles. If they're under 150,000 miles, they come free of charge with a three-month, 3,000-mile warranty, which is really kind of a good deal. Normally when you buy a car that's over 80,000 miles, it's they're sold as is. But at Walzer, we will take care of people. It's a powertrain warranty. It's got roadside assistance. So it's pretty groovy. You can get more information at walzer.com. 
Walzer Automotive, walzer.com. It's supposed to laugh when you say that. I am so happy that Tom Bernard is doing his meetings because he's been a wreck. <laughs> I swear, this this month has just been, I think this is my busiest month I've had in probably 10 years. We were just talking about that. I was just talking about that with Doug before the show. I was like, okay, so we had the wedding. My mom had health issues, blah, blah, blah. So I had to run down there. Wedding. Now Tom's, you know, talking to the, the powers that be at cumulus, cumulus, blah, wow. blah, blah. And then it'll be his birthday, mm-hmm. Andy's birthday. We go to Nashville for KQ. Don't forget my birthday. Your I mean, birthday. That's, right in there that's too. a national that's holiday. Can't deal. forget that. Yep. Isn't yours like the 8th? 5th. 5th. Fifth. Okay. And then the holidays begin. Oh, I know. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, it's and we just get endless. back from Nashville and we have that Halloween hayride thing with the kids that night. That's always fun. <laughs> that is fun. Those but it's like cool. you know what though? The one we go uh our friend of ours runs Midland Hills Country Club. Mm-hmm. Tim Ivory, he's a great guy. I've and, talked to him a couple and of we, times. And we get to go to the haunted hayride. When Vaughn and it's actually a little bit scary. I mean they try yeah, to make it a like little bit scary. And they like and we've skeletons been, jump out at and you. And we've been and... taking Fawn to this now this will be her third year, right? Yeah. And the first year, she was so she's waving at all the zombies. They got blood dripping from their you know wounds in their head, and she's like, "Hi, hi, as a baby." I'm wondering if this year she'll notice that they're supposed to be scary. Yeah, I don't know, because yeah, there was like a zombie baby that would. What are you doing? You okay? Oh, it's just a Gatorade down. That's all. (laughs) There's a zombie baby. Flick the other way, Cassie. Statue thingy that its eyes. (laughs) Sorry, zombie baby. And its eyes glow red, and it looks horrible. And the first year she walks by, she goes, that baby is sick. <laughs> so when they get a little older, when Sage gets to be five and Fawn will be, what, seven? Yeah. Yep. And if the weather's nice, this is the best thing we ever did on Halloween. We loaded the kids into the minivan and drove up to Crocus Hill in St. Paul, where oh, yeah. Summit yep, Avenue yep. is. The people that live there go all out. I mean, yeah. there's graveyards, oh, really? there's people on the roofs with microphones and... And witches and with cauldrons with you know boy with oh, you know, it, and some of them were so scary that my son, uh, who was probably eight at the time, which means Ellie and Liam would have been four or five, so I think this house might be a little too scary for my little <laughs> sister Eleanor. Perhaps we should go to the next room. <laughs> and Ellie didn't care; she just walked right yeah, up there. And, like, but but it was funny. it was really cool. I mean, so these funny. those Os- mansions are just great. Yeah, yeah, Osseo too. That's like they call Anoka. themselves Anoka. Anoka. I get the two mixed up all the time. They call themselves the Halloween capital of the world yes. or something. Yeah, and that's they supposed do, to be really yeah, fun. Yeah, they do like a big parade and everything. That and, sounds yeah, fun. It's mm-hmm. huge. Because that Nova. window is small that kids really enjoy that stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Know, by the time they hit about 10, it's kind of over. Yeah, I think Andy was 11 and he ref- he said he wasn't going to go trick-or-treating anymore. And I'm like, I, I was like, I started to cry. I'm like, I know. you have to go. You didn't <laughs> give me any warning that you weren't going to go. And he's like, well, what am I going to be? I didn't buy the costume. So he ended up putting on, I don't even know where he, he got, like a black T-shirt, black pants, and he was a dark and stormy night. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
really pathetic. Johnny the Invisible Pedestrian. Great <laughs> costume, <laughs> Mom. Because he was so like, yeah, I'm like, Andy is too cool for trick-or-treating at 11. Uh, my life is over. My son <laughs> yeah. did the same thing. He says, well, Dad, I could go as a sullen teenager. <laughs> I know. Oh, like, that's not funny. a costume, no, however. I, I got my 15-year-old who wants to dress up like Randy Macho Man Savage and go trick-or-treating. He still loves to dress up and go trick-or-treating. It's weird. I I liked it till I, I was older. I know, and I was I was always tall. So yeah. I mean, you know, it's like you answer people answer the door and they look at me like, you know, what are you 40? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm 11. <laughs> 40. 40. 40. 40-year-old trick-or-treating. But I didn't want to stop either. Ever. I know. It's fun. I know. It's super fun. She keeps on asking me, is it going to be a spooky night? Oh. I'm like, no, it'll just be fun. Well, and she's also seen some shows now where it's like they say, I'm scared, I'm scared. And, you know, introducing that kind of feeling to her. And she's been saying sometimes, I'm scared, I'm scared, like for fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I think she'll definitely connect the dots, I think, this year, maybe. You want to hear something horrific? And this is horrific. I couldn't imagine. A family's basement has been filling with blood for weeks. Now, could you (laughs) figure out what's causing their basement to fill up with blood? What family? Where are we? Where I think it's in Iowa. Oh, this is the downside to living next door to a meat locker. Oh! (laughs) I would... (laughs) Flip out. That's got to smell Alex, great, Alex too. Oh, God. Oh, Basement my. filled with animal blood. Yeah. A meat locker. I thought all that was bled out before they deliver it to the... And this is in Iowa. It says, if you're dealing with oh, a basement Iowa. water leak this fall, thank your lucky stars. As the Des Moines, the Des Moines Register reports, an Iowa family has much, much worse having discovered five inches of animal blood, fat, and tissue oh, from the neighboring uh, meat locker. Uh, fat and tissue. In the there basement goes lunch. That makes it the better. Floor drain. Oh. So it came up through the floor. Oh. That sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> that is a horror it movie. Smell. Oh, I can't even imagine. You get one of those restoration cleanup companies to come in and really. Uh, uh, yeah, they have a video smack a lawsuit all over the place. Oh, that's oh. disgusting. Speaking that is- of the oh. Des Moines Register, you, <laughs> no, it's, I just heard, read the story last night. You guys know about the uh, r- bicycle ride across Iowa. It's called Ragabye or something like yeah, that. They've been doing it since neat. 1970. And you can join it, and you can either do the whole state or part states. It's oh, incredibly yeah. popular. So the Des Moines Register started it in 1970 and sponsored and they have you know planners and so on and so forth. Now, this is the same paper that when that kid had the GoFundMe deal for a case of beer, yeah, uh, found all these racist texts that he did as a teenager. So the, the people that admin the ride across Iowa for the Des Moines Register quit en masse yesterday because they were mad at the reporter that did this. Oh, and now they're starting a secondary ride across Iowa called Sun. I mean, come on. People are so petty today. How People many are... chill pills can you get in, like, a crop duster? And there's time I... to go bomb... Des Moines. Well, how about the whole world? Well, we could start with Des Moines and see if it works. That's yes. just, yeah, I mean, seriously. It's like you can't just delete a whole an entire right. event because of the actions Something of one person. Something has been going on for 50 years, Absolutely. and it has nothing to do with this kid. I just or... don't understand. There's so many things like that, though. It's like, you know, yoga studios and groups of people that it's like, oh, I don't like the way that you did this, so I'm going to start my... I'm going to do the exact same thing that you did, but just different because I'm mad at you. It's like, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> it's 
I don't know what's happened to pe- people. They just, uh, uh, I just can't understand. The forgive and forget, or just move on with your life, or live and let live. All those sayings. All the things. Or about, I'll give you something to complain about. Yeah. That's what we really need. That's, yeah, that's what I Bring grew up with. Bring back Yeah. <laughs> God, can you imagine? Oh, oh God. I'm still looking at that. That's Stop horrible. looking at the basement. I had a friend. I, I knew somebody that just spanked her kids whenever they wanted, whenever they needed, whenever they wanted. Whenever they wanted. Please spank me. She'd be in the middle of a store and just mm-hmm. be like, I'm not putting up with this. And, and I I did. I can't even imagine today the... if you did that. Yeah. Oh, you'd, you'd be have arrested. Fifth, you'd have a SWAT team. You'd have CPS at your door. Um, I mean, even it, it's gotten to the point where if you yell at your kids in public, they'll people will call the cops on you. Hey, Max, let's verify the story. Does your mom ever yell at you? No. <laughs> Never. Wow. Yeah, I do. No, he's a pretty wow. good kid. Well, you've got him trained to lie. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he he uh, he can ruffle my feathers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he just gave me this cute little smile. Like, yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah, I can. I know how to do that. I yeah. just can't say things out loud in public. I've been yeah. told. No, I I don't I don't like. I, I usually do the, the really mean face in public, and I do that where you grit your teeth and you talk really Oh, well. my dad had the lower, <laughs> the lower jaw went out, and he would, he would reveal his lower teeth. And that was like, oh, no. I just had to do that to him at the gas station because he wanted gummy worms. And I'm like, no, you don't need gummy worms. It's too much sugar. You just had Pop-Tarts. Yeah, Max. <laughs> I'm like, have some a little bit healthier. Why don't you get, like, the Ritz peanut butter crackers? I said, you need protein at least. And he wanted a pop. And I'm like, no. And Well, that's gas station food. I know. Yeah, Yeah, don't bring kids in gas stations. I'm afraid of gas stations. I don't like going to gas stations. I don't think I've been in a... I only go into gas stations for, like, a coffee or something if I'm on a road trip. I never just go in. I'm too tempted by the Cheetos or something. Where do you buy your pork rinds at? I don't buy them. How do you get Funyuns? Yeah. <laughs> you can get those at the grocery store, Funyuns by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, You have to walk this very fine line as a parent, you know, and, and the schools teach the kids, too, that, you know, if your parents yell at you or make you feel like you're an awful person, that's abuse. That's abuse. They can't. I'm like, no. That's our job as parents to correct our kids' behavior. Well, what do you do when you have a kid like Andy? (laughs) Andy, I, you know. Wait till he gets married in 31 years. I I would give Alex, you know, the look. Uh, And mm -hmm. she'd be like, you know, devastated. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll just stop. I would give Andy the look. You're in church and he's, you know, doing something ridiculous Mm -hmm. and making tons of noise. I give him a look and he'd go what (laughs) what what's your problem (laughs) i'm like the look on my face reflects the attitude that i'm having towards you (laughs) you need to learn to read that what what are you talking about (laughs) he gets louder (laughs) i know just yeah i don't understand this arms going akimbo it's like uh, okay so i just made it a lot worse just trying to address it (laughs) oh geez yeah i know um in my household, it's really tough because I have like, you know, gotta, six kids in the house. Yeah, you got so many heard. different personalities. Yeah, and you know, you have to. I have to approach each kid differently. Yeah, like with, totally yeah. with um, discipline, with um, just everyday parenting stuff, and I, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. Luckily, you know, 
Oops. My one son, my middle one, Charlie, he, I swear, I always say, if I knew every child I had would have been like him, I would have had 20 kids. He's like the perfect. Well, you're ha- over halfway there. <laughs> True. But no, like, he, <laughs> that kid, he never cried. He always listens. I, I, get, I could give him the look, and he's like, oh, no, I better knock it off, you know, if I give him the look. He so just, how old is Charlie? He just turned 13. Okay. Things might change. <laughs> I don't know. He's still. He's. She, they might change. She's taking thirty-minute-long showers. Take it, don't take it personally. <laughs> I want to know. That'll be the first step. Because oh. Sarah's old. Sarah's oh oldest was the oldest kid we had in the house, and he went through the change about a year after we got married. And she came to. She goes, I, "Something's wrong with Brennan." I said, "What's the matter, hon?" She goes, "You know, he's in the shower twice a day, and he." burns through the and we have a new hot water heater and he burns through the whole thing i said jump do you want me to tell you what's going on (laughs) it took me me six months to realize what that was too i said i don't take half hour showers at my age but it's common (laughs) with boys and just don't do anything it's Uh, okay yeah i can't handle that i can't i don't want to know about it i don't want (laughs) to see i'm the type of parent that'll like sit with I'll sit with them and be like, your body is all this stuff. Are you like, kidding oh, me? Yeah. I tried to talk to you about anything, and you no, run screaming. I was, I was, <laughs> I, screaming. Yeah. I actually tried to, I just, I'm like, I, I bought a book about all the little changes that are going to happen here, because she would not speak to me. No, I was such I'm a trying to have the. I'm trying to have the conversation. Yeah. I So I buy her a little book, because I'm like, you yeah, know, girls need to know this stuff. Kids oh, yeah. need to know this stuff, because yeah. it's all scary, and it happens quickly, sure. oh, and yeah. all that I, so I put the book on her bed. You know, she doesn't want to talk to me. She'll get some information from a book. Go up there a couple of days later, check to see what kind of disaster the rooms are. Book's in the trash. Oh. Book is in the trash. I want your weird puberty book. <laughs> what? what was it? Was, so, there was a popular one in the 70s. Was it Our Bodies, Ourselves? It seemed like every girl No, that. that would have been a little bit... What was that I one? Think that, that's older. Dear yeah. God, it's I me, think. Margaret, or whatever. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. I, I really don't know. I can't remember, but mm-hmm. I just remember thinking. Listeners, that... if you have a great uh, puberty book you'd like to share, <laughs> the, call. What is the number? Is it six one two? What's the number, but, Cassie? Uh, oh, it's six one two two nine five one five two six. I think I'll write a new one. Activism and puberty. <laughs> How, How pu- you can combine the two? Puberty and stay in the sane internet. as a parent. <laughs> I have an interesting book that I've been reading Fawn about, like, because she's at the age, you know, where it's like you have to teach her about, like, what's appropriate with, like, yeah, other, like, yeah. you know, like, people gra- shouldn't yeah. touch like, certain and, places. Yeah, and, and you shouldn't grab and, your crotch when right. you're out in public. Yeah. Or, <laughs> boys have a tendency to sometimes trout. do. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Or just take your clothes Tell me out. about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Fawn is a nudist kid. So yeah, I'm like, and I'm I've like. i got a couple of yeah. twin nieces that up until they were about seven, they would just. Yeah, I'm like twins (laughs) running naked through your front yard again. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, you can be naked around certain people, but other people you need to keep your clothes on. I was like, some people it makes them uncomfortable, and some people it's just like you don't know them that well, and you just need to keep your body covered. This one is Mr. You know, call him Mr. Tidy Whitey. He just loves being in his underwear. Yeah, I can have. At least he's got underwear on. It's okay. Funnel strip and like try to straddle your head. (laughs) It's like, um, I don't. This is is a little weird, kid. <laughs> she's like she doesn't. Yeah. She's just she's, like she's, I'm just playing naked. She doesn't think anything of it at all, no. and I don't ever, I don't ever say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she, yeah, but pretty soon, if she thinks that she can maybe whip off her clothes when she's hot, it 
preschool is going to no, become a problem. No, she knows that. She knows that she's always been, she's never tried to take her clothes off in the middle of, you know, the store or anything. Oh, good. No, it's always just at home. Because you were like that, too. You were a little nudie patootie, too. Yeah. <laughs> it must be in the gene pool. Yeah, it's just, it must be. I'm hot. I'm going to take off my clothes. Well, Tom, you know, he does the morning show. A lot of times I come in there, he's in a t-shirt and his underwear. <laughs> it's, a, it's a glorious sight. It's like the Tony Soprano of morning radio. I know. Headf- great big headphones, a t-shirt. <laughs> and Smoking a cigar. And undies. I know. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. If I took photos of this, it might ruin your career. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now they do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I know. Well, you know, I I raised three boys, and yeah, you know, they like to touch themselves in public, (laughs) and it's just like. (laughs) Have you ever been to a baseball game? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm like, why? I, I, I call them out right in public. I'm like, how would you like it if I started playing with my boobs all over the place in public? They're like, oh, my Why God. Why are you I looking said, at me? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, stop. Do you have to go to the bathroom? No. Yeah, well, then weird. knock it off. You know, it's just, I'm like, what are you doing? Playing the banjo? What's going on down there? It's just, boys, boys are weird. Boys, boys are, are weird, weird, but I love them. So, but we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customer? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, Perfect. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. We're back with the Tom Bernard Show and a timer, new timer, and music. Come on, Cassie. Can't you do 10 things at one time? You would think I could. There you go. Job. I tell you, there, there's like a sweet spot. Like yeah, right there is here. a sweet spot. <laughs> it's like this imaginary. What was the matter with the old timer? He says the old timer, is oh. it? I think it's just the angle of 
wherever the receiver thing is. Yeah. Which so, I don't know where that would be either. You can't really know. tell. And I'm short. I know at the when we were on the fifth floor, the, the, it was behind the camera. I had yeah. to stand up to do it because I wasn't tall enough. Oh, okay. So short people problems. <laughs> You got no reason to live. I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been written no about. Reason. I know we're we're moving right now, which is just fun, and um, uh, we ha- I'm trying to find places for everything, and I look and I have tons and tons of cabinet space, but the only thing the places fit are on high shelves, and I'm like, uh, dang it, I don't want to put it up there. Well, you're gonna I have, have to... to get a step stool. <laughs> well, I'm guessing that's just standard daily use for you as a little step stool right? yeah <laughs> i have one of those like little foldable pop-out ones where yeah. i can just kind of yeah. take it wherever i need to go in the house yeah um luckily i have tall boys in the house yeah you know yeah. just get this for me my 15 year old is a whole head taller than me wow uh-huh i know it's weird it's weird when your kids become taller than you and, you know, when I'm trying to, like, talk to them in a serious manner, they just look down at me, and I'm like, <laughs> like I can't. Doug hasn't had that problem, I'm guessing. Yeah, no, never had that. Well, I think I passed my mom when I was about 9 or 10. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, and your t- kids aren't as tall as you, right? Well, the cl- Ellie is 5'7", and Wes is, he might be 6 feet now. He's close. Oh. But he's 19, so he might be, it might, might could be the end of the road. Bit. You never know. You never know. That's true. We're... Oh, there you are. Sorry. Have you guys seen that? Not to sh- well, t- two shift subjects. Have you seen Yesterday? Yes. yes. I just watched that last night. What a cute movie. It Very is. Cute. You know what? And Tom said it didn't do that well at the box office. Well, well, we saw it on Netflix. I mean, it was a $5 rental, and I thought, man, or Amazon, or one of the two. Oh, yeah, matter. where you have to pay, yeah. I think I did not see it at the movie theater either. I think, I, yeah, I streamed it. So it, it came I'd, to streaming services really quick. Yeah, really quick. So, and I thought it was such a good movie. I yeah, thought it was, it was so good. I was really surprised that it didn't do better. I loved it. Like Dad said, nobody knows. Like people, younger people don't know who the Beatles are. You know, it's funny because Wes and Ellie well, are here. Sort of the whole point this of the week, movie. And I said we're going to watch this movie yesterday, and they they knew about the movie. Said okay, we'll watch it with you, and they stayed through the whole thing. And do they like it? Yeah, they liked it a lot. I mean, yeah. they, they were they got all the inside jokes that I was the Ed Sheeran jokes that I didn't understand. Oh yeah. They kept cracking up. I'm like. What's okay, happening? Oh, I forgot about that whole part. Yeah. yeah. Ed I know he showed up, and I'm like. What what's happening? Yeah, uh, who's the guy that played? I don't know his name. I don't know his the name. main character. Oh, look it up. Eastern Indian guy. He was great. Yeah, he was very good. I thought I'm he glad was they fixed really his teeth, good. Though I thought, boy, is he going to go through the whole movie missing too? I know. I'm a reverse rabbit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Some sort of weird reverse. No, rabbit. that was that, was really, that was really an excellent movie. I that that should have done better, and people should watch it. It's just it was. It was sweet, it was funny, and it was it was interesting. The whole premise was that there was some power outage. Yeah, around the world. Worldwide power outage, and, and only like five people remembered who the Beatles were. Right. And this one guy who was a sort of an amateur singer-songwriter who could never get any gigs uh, gets hit by a bus, and he wakes up, and he realizes that nobody knows who the Beatles are, and he starts... supposedly writing or performing Beatles songs, but he has to remember because everybody knows Beatles songs, but if you were to sit down and figure out by yourself what are the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby, it would take you a while. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not me. I sing that all the time. 
Yeah, I'm also I'm also very weird with lyric remembering. Yeah. Well, you have yeah, a good yeah, musical yeah. memory. That's all that means. But it's His just... name is Hymish Patel. Hymish? H I M E S H. Yeah, he was great. I really liked him a lot. It was just an awesome movie, I thought. And um, yeah. the thing, and the, well, it's really not a spoiler alert. It's been out for a year, right? Yeah. Um, Something like that. Yeah. When they when they find John Lennon. Yeah. Tom actually went because <gasps> it. Looked it at did look first, like it was old, like John Lennon was seventy five or eighty. He'd probably looked like that. Yeah, and it remind uh, my memory is probably a little foggy on the movie because I actually watched it. I don't know six months ago or something like that. Did the Beatles know that they were the Beatles? No, no. Hmm. no he was just a guy. His music had never been written. It was never even a thing. So he was just a guy that painted in his retirement cottage yeah. by the sea. Okay. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure never, if they took never, that opportunity to like not to like blend in and not have the fame anymore. I was a little no, fuzzy no, on that. Beatles had never met. They never. Yeah, that was just a, and the weird, a weird thing concept. was, that, and he was never killed because he was never famous. World, That's right, he was right. alive. All right, right, right. They didn't drink coke. Nobody knew what it was. And, yeah, there were a couple and they didn't things know what cigarettes people, were. Yeah. Oh, thank God. I yeah, there were a couple thing, other things that people like. He was like, what? So the the ending was cute. When he says, "Oh, it sounds like a Harry Potter novel," and his girlfriend goes, "Harry, Harry Potter? Potter oh, yeah, what's yeah, yeah. that?" Didn't know what and Harry Potter And he googles Harry either. Potter, and it's some World War One soldier. Yeah. And he goes, "Hmm." Yeah. Already, we just were here, and now we have a we really have a Comcast. Make... We have a Comcast bill already. Oh, yeah, they we're, don't play we've around. We've been here one minute. <laughs> right. Here's your bill. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that was a super cute movie. It was very cute. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there are too many movies like that anymore where you just are like, oh my god, that was just a great fun movie. Yeah. That everybody could enjoy. It seems watch? to be the modern talk. thing where they're doing. I, I do want to see that Springsteen movie as well. Uh, it's about uh, young Pakistani kids mm -hmm. in London that are being bullied and stuff. And what? It's it's blinded by the light. It's supposed to be oh, really, yeah, really yeah. good. Uh, it was yeah. it was very much like yesterday. I Dave and I oh, enjoyed it? both of them. Okay, so you saw both of them. Yeah, and I saw both in theaters, and I, I thought the blinded by the light movie was done brilliantly. Oh, it was. Yeah, it's about um, yeah, Pakistani Pakistani kid in London, and in the eighties, and you can uh, pet him. Okay, he. he um, he just comes, he finds this, one of his friends introduces him to Bruce Springsteen's music, and it just, it just kind of opened him up, and just, it, he really related to the music. Okay, now tell the truth. Did you watch it with Dave? Yes, I did. Was he bawling like a baby? Yes, he was. <laughs> was he? Oh. I knew He's, it. Dave has a very strong connection with Bruce Springsteen. He's told Spring the story a few yes, times. Yes, um, when he was a teenager, he uh, he was suffering from depression, and he was a, going to commit suicide. And he actually had the gun, and it oh, jammed God. and did not go off. And um, and then he started listening to Dancing in the Dark. And at first, it didn't really, he, you know, he's kind of heard the song before, but it was kind of that pop music. It just didn't register. Mm -hmm. But having that moment and then listening to the song and really understanding the lyrics, it he said that song saved his life. Wow. So That's and he, so he's had a good connection with Springsteen music and he loves them and I like Bruce Springsteen. I mean, yeah, granted he's not the greatest singer, 
but his lyrics, that's what I love. It's like poetry. It's like Dylan. Well, John I'm, Lennon wasn't a great singer either. Paul no. McCartney can sing. Yeah. 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 Yes. But he happens to be able to write some pretty good tunes. Yeah, but like, um, I mean, like Bob Dylan. Yeah. Bob Dylan, he, he was a lyricist. So he was a poet that went to music. Yeah. And that's how I look at Bruce Springsteen. I mean, if you look really in depth into some of his songs, it's like, wow. You know, so... I don't know. We, we we listen to Springsteen together. Usually we'll nap to the Nebraska album or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? That's a little dark. I know. Well, it's very it, the mute. The melody of the music's very mellow, you know. But, uh, yeah, well. That's got that song about the highway patrolman on it, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, the song of the Nebraska, I think, is about a serial killer yeah. or something oh. like that. Um, and some of his, his music can be, like, dark and dank, but... Um, yeah, but yeah, the movie I thought was really well done and like yesterday too. I, I loved yesterday. I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant way to write a movie. And another way of introducing that music mm-hmm. to a new yeah. generation yeah. that doesn't give, you know, they don't really care about old, old music. music. Well, Bohemian Rhapsody did the same thing for yes. Queen yes. music. My kids love Queen. They're constantly blasting Queen music throughout the house. Because of that movie, because they of loved the movie. it. Can I guess which song? Is it Tie Your Mother Down? No. Nope. <laughs> uh, I love that. That's a great tune. My son Jack loves that Don't Stop Me Now. He's so funny. Oh, yeah. He'll come into a room with it playing, and he he does like Freddie Mercury. He's all like theatrical. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm really digging these, these biopics of musicians. I mean, I wish the... Um, Ellen John movie, what was it? A Rocket Man. Rocket, Rocket Man. Man. I just saw that on the airplane on the way back from seeing that my was mom. Good. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was great, but I didn't see the same connection with the younger generation as with Queen and Yesterday. Yeah. It kind of fell into like a crack. But Well, um, and I think Lammers mentioned that the guy that played Elton John he wasn't at, you know, the his he wasn't the greatest voice for I thought he was a great I thought he did I thought a great really job. I, I thought, thought he was a better uh, singer than Elton John oh, actually really Elton well, yeah, John produced the, that yeah which yeah. I was like no, oh Elton wow. John knows he's not the greatest singer I think his singer. husband he can write produced songs. it I think his name right. was on it maybe both of their yeah. names were on it his I don't husband remember. is David uh, but right. I just was so shocked during most of that movie because I don't know I think I lost kind of track of Elton John after um Crocodile yeah. Rock. Yeah. When she, when he gets married to the woman, she was like, "What?" I know. I was, I was like, "Yeah." I had my headphones and I'm like, "I gasped." Yeah. I was like, "What's he doing marrying a woman?" I know. He, I he, and, over Mike, he like, and Michael that Jackson got married the same day. <laughs> I was just, I was floored. And then there was another part of his life that I didn't know about. Uh, I guess I didn't. I really did lose track of him after Crocodile Rock. I did not like that song. I was like, he's gone commercial. Bleh, yeah. I'm, all, I'm over him. I want to know what happened. Oh, to and I didn't know that he wasn't with Bernie Taupin. Yeah, I want to know what happened. I thought to that Bernie. they were a couple. Oh, oh no. Yeah, it would have been nice if they. Yeah, they did Bernie a little just kind of br- split up and. Yeah, they did a little thing at the end about Elton's been married and yeah, but nothing sober Bernie. for 25 yeah. years and I, you know, that he's been loved properly. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that was Sarah's part kids. of favorite part of Rocket Man was the gay sex scenes. She took her glasses off and then had to put both eye, hands over her eyes, so just so no gayness would get in. Well, it's <laughs> tough when you work in a church, you know. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so no gayness would get in. God, I thought that See, was all very mild compared to Shameless. Yeah. <laughs> 
never watched Shameless. Oh, there's a lot of like, what What am I seeing right now? I don't want to oh, see. Oh, she tried to watch Fleabag a couple of weeks ago. Have you seen I that? I don't know. Fleabag. I watched the first episode of the first season, and I was like, I can, no, nope, nope, nope. The and opening then, scene, the, the protagonist is basically having anal sex yeah. with some guy that she picked up. And she's oh. just laying there. And she's actually very yeah. funny, is, but it's super it a, naughty. What is it? It's, it's uh, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, so, it won, oh, sorry, she won Judas. tons of Emmys. She won. Who is she? I don't know. Her name Phoebe? Is Phoebe Waller something. something. Yeah. Okay. And she wrote it, starred in it, and produced it. And she's very talented. It's done now. It was and two seasons, and now it's over. She hosted uh, SNL, and she oh, really? wrote one of the best skits I've seen on there in years. Oh, really? It was the midday news scene, and there's two newscasters that are black and two that are white, and they wind up reading stories, and they're they're the black people would get really excited when it was a white person that did the crime yeah. and then vice versa if you see it it's really really funny okay. yeah the first season I watched the first episode of the first season because my friend Michael was like you need to watch it it's so good and I was like I can't watch this, this it's, is, it's weird it's, this is a little too graphic for me and he's like watch the second season and so I watched the whole second season and I like the second season a lot and it's only like five episodes oh is that what it is yeah, I, I watched a couple really, of them flying just it's to, short yeah. so and now it's done. The whole series is over yeah. with after two seasons that have like five or six episodes. But that's how British TV is. Yeah. They don't have very many episodes. This is too cute. What? Max is trying to get Jude to kind of like play with him. And Jude doesn't know Jude, how to play. No, Jude's a little afraid of kids. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't know how to play very <laughs> no, well but he, No, but they, he's been, Max has been doing a really good job with just kind of like approaching him and mm-hmm. not like getting all over him. Yeah. And Jude's like this kid's all right no he just ran over to him like we're friends now like birch and may will play you know like wrestle and do the whole like bowing thing Mm -hmm. and um jude will just like be kind of near them just like (laughs) he has no idea yeah well dogs get nervous around little kids yeah but like max has two dogs at his dad's house so he's he's familiar with dogs when jude's used to kids like my kids don't bug him or anything i the kids that since we got into a new house are like, can we get a dog? Can we get a dog? Oh, yeah. Can we? I'm like, uh, there are already enough. Let's just small move our mammals. stuff in first. I already and have then... 45 children. <laughs> I know, I'm and set. four cats. And four oh, cats. Oh, God. <laughs> why not add another so four maybe. more legs to the family, yeah, right? Why not? But <laughs> more small mammals, please. <laughs> oh, I tell you. Maybe a gerbil. <laughs> Oh, oh they, wait, they, the cats. No, don't no. get a well, they, they, I, I swear, we're tempting the circle of life in our house because we've had birds with cats. That was fun. We've There's had been... birds with cats. We had birds with cats. And a hamster. Yes. <laughs> I know. But Can they I were get locked a up pig? in a room. Get... I'm like, no, you're just asking for trouble. Least yeah. out. Well, we have to take a quick break. We have Kristen Miser on the phone. She's our next guest. Uh, we are promoting... Um, so you want to start a podcast. So this should be interesting, some insights on how to make So we can find out what we're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure we're doing a lot Finally wrong. get some tips. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Connect it to the internet. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, well, we'll be right back after this commercial break. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. 
We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. We are back here with the family, and on the line we have our guest, Kristen. Is it Miser? Miser? Miser. Miser, okay. Yeah, sorry, I don't have the calendar up. I am like multitasking. Music on it. (laughs) All good. I know. That's what happens when you got to kind of co-host, produce, guest booking. But that's oh, what your book is about, it. isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Don't I know it. You're talking to someone who's, been, who's had your job. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of working wheels, that's for sure. But the book is called So You Want to Start a Podcast, Finding Your Voice, Telling Your Story, and Building a Community That Will Listen. It is a comprehensive step-by-step guide to creating a hit show, so you want to start a podcast, covers everything from hosting and guest booking to editing and marketing while offering plenty of encouragement and insider stories along the way. This is a book that I probably need to make things go a little bit more smooth for me because I tell you, when you're multitasking, like I am right now. Um, I I have a quick question. Most podcasts seem to be, um, like, subject-based, like they talk about, you know, makeup or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, or movies or tech or something like that. Um, our pro, our show is pretty much a variety show in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. which seems to be relatively unique. Yeah. it's Well, when you have millions of podcasts out there. Millions. Huh? When we first started, there were literally, I think, 100 podcasts up on iTunes. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this is now for. Right? There were. Yep. We've been doing this now for seven years. Yeah, we started in 2012. So that was when podcasts were starting to become a thing. But now it's like, what can you do to make your podcast stand With out? With all of the podcasts, amongst right. Amongst millions, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. anybody can start a podcast. And they With, have. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. It doesn't matter if the content is great, but when no. you see, when people look for new podcasts to to listen to, they just see a whole screen full of podcasts and it's like so what can you do to make yours stand out amongst the millions what makes yours unique do you have any insights on that oh absolutely i mean you're right it is overwhelming i mean somebody can just scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll through apple Podcasts or stitcher or whatever you're looking at and not even know where to begin because there are so 
many to choose from. And so if you're a content maker, one thing you can do is ask yourself up front, why am I starting a podcast and who is it for? If you don't know the answer to those two questions, I really think you're never going to reach an audience. And I've talked with a lot of content makers who are starting out and they say, oh, I want my podcast to be for everybody. And I say, if your podcast is for everybody, it's actually for nobody. What you really need to do is figure out who is your audience and is there a community around that already? For example, one show that I hosted was called When Megan Met Harry, a royal wedding cast, and we launched that show the week of the royal engagement of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And the show culminated in my co-host and I actually attending the wedding itself. Now, we knew in advance that there were royals enthusiasts all over the world. We knew there were Facebook communities, some of which had half a million people already in those communities. We knew that there were places that we could reach out, where we could uh, find potential listeners, and where we could market our show. And I think people really, if they want to stand out, should be thinking in terms of those two questions. Why am I making it? And who is it for? And um, so that's the first suggestion I give to everybody who wants to stand out. And then the second thing I always say is, Engage with your listeners then. Every single episode of the show, do what you guys do so well already, which is, you know, ask people to give feedback. Ask them to call into this number. Share their story. Have you ever had a run-in with a celebrity? We're doing a whole show on that next week. Uh, Tell us about a fun celebrity run-in. Or if you're reviewing a book, say to the folks out there, um, have you read this book? What was your experience with it? Or get their reviews on movies. And the more you reach out to your audience on your show, the more that they will reach out to you, and then they will share that show with other people. I can't tell you how many times it's happened with all the podcasts that I've posted. Now that, that brings up, right in. That brings oh, up a, a question. Do you have an idea, and obviously it's going to be different, but how many people actually listen to podcasts live versus uh, download them and listen later? In, in, oh, in terms so, of percentage, so is it like 10% listen live or 30 or? So it's funny because um, those of us in the podcasting world don't consider a live show a podcast. That would be right. called radio. And a podcast is something that is audio on demand. It's much more equivalent to something like Netflix or Hulu. You're consuming it at the times that you want to, day or night. Um, and uh, whereas when you're listening to a live broadcast, that's a live broadcast. So um, I don't actually know what the difference would be in terms of listener numbers of who actually listens to, for example, This American Life when it's being broadcast versus how many people listen to it when it's live. Well, and that's what's unique about, like, our show. Originally, it was just podcast forum. You you know, they recorded it. You could download it and listen to it on demand. But then um, Tom decided to do this live digital radio show where we're live, we're live on YouTube. But then you can also download and listen to it on demand as a podcast. Yeah, and we were also uploading it to radio stations so they could use it as content on actual radio stations. Yes, yes. so it, um, I think, and that seemed to work very well to kind of stand out from the regular podcast world because that way audiences can interact live with the show. Um, and I've noticed with a lot of podcasts, even though they're not live, they will put their mm-hmm. podcast up on YouTube. And I think YouTube is a huge marketing tool for podcasts because people like to feel like they're sitting at the table with you. Oh, that's what that's all about. I was always wondering because it's like really watching a podcast has got to be kind of 
dull because you're just sitting around talking on microphones. Unless it's the supermodel podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I think that's why Joe Rogan's podcast is so successful because he he has cameras set up on the table, multi-angled cameras. Mm. Um, yeah. So it'll pan over to the guest, it'll pan over to him, pan over to the producer. Yeah. And people really feel like they like that interaction with... Yeah, with, and one thing that he's doing that I encourage all people to do is Consider all the different ways your show can reach people. So I always tell people, don't just have it as a podcast. Also make sure you have a URL with a landing page. Um, and then make sure also that you have possibly, if, if you're willing to do it, I highly encourage people to have a Facebook presence. Um, if you want to, a YouTube presence. But make sure you're reaching your audiences in all the ways they want to be reached. And so that's a, that's a great example you gave with YouTube there. And then how about um, marketing? I mean, I know every, since it's all, since it's a podcast, just because yeah. it's on iTunes, how do you tell people about your podcast? Just yeah, well, based... there's a lot of different ways to market a show, and I think a lot of the best ways to do it involve meeting people where they already are. And by that I mean people who are listening to podcasts um, will hear about other podcasts on a show and be more likely to listen then mm-hmm. versus if they see a print ad for a podcast. They're not necessarily going to uh, move from looking at something to listening to something. But if they're already, if you're moving them from ears to ears, that usually works better. So one great way to market is if you're a podcast host to appear on other podcasts as a guest or to have hosts of other podcasts appear on your show or big name celebrities who will tweet out, oh, I just did a great interview with you know, the folks at the Tom Bernard show, whatever it is, but bring people on who will raise your profile and make sure you're appearing on other shows. And then also talk to other shows and see if they would be willing to swap promotions with you. So you can say, hey, while you're checking out our show or when you're done listening to our show, you might want to check out yada, 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 and then have the other show do the same for you. And the more shows you do that with, the more people will discover you because if they're already listening to podcasts, you know that that's one hurdle to get over is already taken care of. They're so, already podcasts. So it's basically here. digital word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Lot, lots of social media presence with Twitter, Instagram. You know, one thing that sucks about Instagram, you can't post links. People oh, really? Have, yeah. yeah it, you can't. I wish they would. Yeah. It would oh. be nice. Um, oh, I, yeah. I see so that. But can't you reference um, a website found in my Lincoln bio. Lincoln bio. Yeah. 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 yeah, we yeah. Have that, yeah. That's but... what most people do. Most mm-hmm. people just say link is in bio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I've actually um, come across with, especially with like comedians, is that they're under contract with other podcasts and they can't do other podcasts. Like if they're under contract, well, you know, so it, it to me, I think that's hurting the podcast world because you would think that um and i know radio was kind of like that and probably still is where they don't want people crossing uh radio stations if you, no because yeah they want this exclusive voice on their mm-hmm. station yeah and whatever. that's starting yeah. to filter into the podcast world which is yeah it is starting to happen but a lot of us are still free agents for example mm-hmm. um this past year i posted two shows with stitcher one with cnn and in the past i've also hosted with wnyc and I think that, you know, it really depends. Not everybody is, you know, tied down that much. Most of us still aren't, but it may be, you're right, there's a chance that it could be shifting more in that direction where there are more people finding exclusives, where they'll only appear on other crooked media shows or they'll only appear on this or that. But um, 
for the time being, most people can still move around from place to place okay. So I, so that would only pertain to a person that was doing a podcast for someone else. So it's probably a good idea to own your own podcast. Mm-hmm. If you can do it, it's great. But not everybody, you know, not everybody can do that. Um, some people really need a lot more help or want to join a network where the network has part of the ownership of the show because when you're with a network, your promotion opportunities are just so much bigger and your potential audience you can reach uh, faster um, and you can reach a much larger audience faster that way. Well, that makes total sense, but that's going, you know, I think people need to be careful if they're going to be giving up their control or their content to someone else. I mean, it still is your podcast. Absolutely. And if they're going to start... If they're going to start, you know, treating it like it's some sort of legal, you know, entity, that's going to, I mean, that's the whole point of podcasts is that you can do what you want and not have this corporate presence inside your content. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. Some people really want to, though. Like I said, um, like not everybody who makes movies wants to be an indie filmmaker. Some of them desperately do want to be with, like, Universal Pictures. Um, and the same is true with some podcasters. Some of them see the biggest accomplishment in the world being picked up by a network or um, having some sort of relationship with um, a big entity that they know about. And so I think it's, you know, similar to filmmakers. Some of them want to be indie filmmakers. Some of them actually want to be part of something like Netflix. Okay. And like, well, another thing that's popping up too are these subscription podcasts where you pay a monthly fee. Right. like, Like Dave has his True Crime Tuesday podcast. He has great content but the reason why you pay $5 a month is it's completely commercial-free. So you get 90 minutes commercial-free, but his podcast one, Beyond the Darkness, he has to put in commercials So because that's yeah. how they have to pay because the bills. Because of the syndicator. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, but, you know, I hear from listeners, oh, I hate the commercials, I shouldn't have to listen to the commercials, and it's like, well, you got to understand. Hey. Tell them to pound sand. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, yeah, like, it's free content. It's brilliant. It's you free either, content. If you want commercial free stuff, you got to pay for it. If you don't want to exactly. pay for it, you're going to have commercials. But then they'd complain about exactly. having to pay for it. So that, yeah. that brings up a larger question. When I think what you're talking about, and it's obviously the problem that we experience, is cutting through the noise in the podcast world. Mm-hmm. Because anybody with a laptop and a USB microphone can call themselves a podcaster. But do you ever see a fall off? Eventually people will get tired of working for free and doing this, or do you think it's just going to get, I hate to say, worse? <laughs> well, I have a secret for you, and you may already know this. The vast majority of podcasters give up between six and nine episodes in. So wow. most of, there are a lot of podcasts, but the vast majority of them run for fewer than 10 episodes because I think a lot of people think what you just said, oh, I have a laptop and a microphone, this will be easy. And they don't realize, actually, there's work to this. There's work to cutting the tape. There's work to um, uploading it to the site. There's work to promote it. There's work to do. And then a lot of people then get very discouraged. They think within six to 10 episodes, they're not getting the million listeners they thought they would. And, you know, it can be very discouraging and a lot of work and also on the, you know, on this note, the vast majority of podcasters make no money either. So it's a lot of work for no money for most people. So most of them do give up before they reach 10 episodes. I just had a brilliant idea for a podcast. What? It would be the worst podcast ever, and you could p- play different episodes from different people's crappy <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> splice them all together. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know it. It is you know with me doing all the social media stuff and everything. I'm trying to find creative ways for pe- you know to bring in new people. You know because we have our fan base. Sure. Because you know, it one thing that. Tom was lucky to have was the fan base from KQ Absolutely. to carry over yeah. into the podcast. So he already had that built in. But to try and reach new listeners and, and people that were completely unaware of the show, that is a very difficult thing to do because um, social media, will they have this algorithm of how who sees your posts and stuff like that. So that's why I constantly hashtag things or put in keywords, mm-hmm. you know, podcasts. So when somebody puts in the search bar podcast, hopefully it'll pop up in their feeds and stuff like that. So it's, it's, yeah. it is a difficult way to try and find creative ways for uh, new people to, to find your podcast. Um, and it also is word of mouth. I'm not constantly telling listeners, thanks for listening. Tell your friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, it's a, a unique way to listen to radio well just content but um, and it does seem to be a little bit age specific too mm-hmm. it seems like older people maybe like over 50 are a little bit more like what's a podcast oh i know mm-hmm. you listen to i mean they've that? heard of it but they don't really know what it is yeah yeah, yeah. and i blame some of that on the name the term podcast sounds so technical and then you think do i have to have an ipod and you know, it's not a very user-friendly term. And what it really is, like I said, it's just like Netflix. It's audio on demand. You get to choose when you listen to it. And if it was always just called audio on demand, I think it would be less intimidating to people. That's and, true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I do think that more and more people over 50 are starting to listen now. A recent study by Edison, which um, researches the podcast industry extensively every year. They put out a new report. At this point, three-fourths of Americans have listened to a podcast. So the numbers are going up. Yeah, Yeah, they're going up. They're going up exponentially year over year. Um, Just a few years ago, that number was not even a third of Americans have listened to podcasts. That's amazing. Well, thank you yeah. so much for your time today, Chris, and it was very insightful. Um, so the book is, So You, you Want to Start a Podcast, Finding Your Voice, Telling Your Story, and Building a Community That Will Listen. Now, is there any way that people, do you have a website or something that people can reach out yeah. to you and, or look up some yeah. information? Yeah, I'm KristenMinzer.com. You can also find me on Twitter, at KristenMinzer. Either of those are the easiest way to get me. And, yeah, I just love hearing from people. Um, I hear from people every day who are making podcasts, and I love to hear their stories. So feel free to reach out. And one last thing, I just want to say what a pleasure it is to talk to people from my home state of Minnesota. I am a native Minnesota. It's been great to hear you all. Yeah, you betcha. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you betcha. Oh, yeah, thank you all. Well, thank you so much, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I can't do a Minnesota baby. accent. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Um, got a special guest coming up in the second hour. It's I. This is going to be awkward for me, but I get to interview my husband, Dave Schrader. We're going to talk about The Holes Are Files. The new episode airs tonight on Travel Channel. So Cassie's we'll be first about- hard-to-cutting question will be, did you take out the trash? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no kidding. All right, we'll be right back after this break.